and welcome back to Focal Point, the IMV Imaging Podcast. I'm Harriet, your host, and I'm joined by the usual members of the IMV clinical team helping to spread some best of cheer. So a big hello, or ho, 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 to Sam. Hello, everybody, and Merry Christmas. And we have Amy. Merry Christmas. And Blitz and Bethany. Hi, hello, everyone, and Merry Christmas. So this month, we're taking a step back and reflecting on the year so far. The highs, the lows, our favourite guests, and of course, the new developments within the world of veterinary diagnostic imaging. I'm sure we have much to discuss. So kicking it off, what's been everyone's favourite moment of the year so far? Don't all rush at once. Well, so I okay. I had I had some thoughts about what's been interesting this year, and I think one of the things I suppose it's maybe a constant of diagnostic imaging is just again the way that sort of the technology continues to evolve, and then we see that filtering down into veterinary medicine as well. So whilst it's probably not necessarily a favourite moment of the year, what's been interesting to see is to be see the way that the kind of technology has come into it, and the sort of examples that I can sort of pick out well, there's there's sort of three that three main ones that I thought of is one the kind of the kind of rise of the the wireless kind of handheld scanners that seem to be kind of ap- appearing everywhere and and kind of almost mirroring that the kind of use of of focus techniques kind of rightly being kind of implemented more in practice. The other thing I think is really interesting is just the general improvements in kind of. Um, ultrasound and x-ray technology with sort of more dr systems becoming red more readily available at lower costs in terms of um, x-ray and with ultrasound what's quite interesting is some of the what was previously the higher end technology coming into more affordable models so the best the best example of that is that um it used to be sort of only on some of the more very expensive kind of um, cart-based machines. You got the technology that allowed the image to be kept in focus for the entirety of the image field, and we're now seeing that technology come into um, come into some of the uh, uh, sort of more kind of affordable models that people can use in general practice as well. And then the third one that I was going to mention as well is to is just um, seeing the the more the spread of sort of CT and how that's being used more and more. So those are three of the big the big kind of tech technological changes I think I've seen over the last year. It's funny you say that. I was actually having a thought this morning where I remember when I was in seeing practice when I was at vet school the having CTs in practice or in general practice was so uncommon or so unknown and if a practice did have a CT machine they were even considered like a very small referral center whereas now it's just becoming an additional modality that everyone has in their practice to use you know in addition to x-ray and ultrasound and it's just advancing the general practitioner even further talking about pocus even going on further than just pocus of abdominal and thoracic, I think there's even another pocus or more focused examination coming out known as PLUS, which is plural space ultrasound, where we're even homing it further to fit in with um, human medicine. And you wonder that they'll run out of useful acronyms at some point. <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoy pocus because my favourite film in the world is Hocus Pocus. Absolutely. And, uh, I always refer to like the difficult bits of ultrasound scanning as witchcraft because it gets a bit of a laugh. So it all kind of hooks in nicely for me. Anyone else got any other favourite moments of their year so far or favourite moments of the podcast? Uh, Favourite moments of the podcast. I've got one. Uh, It's when we had Dr. Mark Dunning on 
And um, I don't know an awful lot about endoscopy. Um, so I quite enjoyed his breaking down of it by saying that it's, endoscopy is basically a bendy stick with a light on it. And good luck with that. <laughs> that made me laugh quite a lot. Um, my actual favourite moment of the year is it's quite cheesy, actually. It's uh, when people that we're teaching have breakthrough moments. It does make the job worthwhile, doesn't it? Yeah, I think you can all agree with. I was going to take your favourite moment or favourite podcast guest, and I'm sure we can't forget where we had Dr. Simon Gerling on the podcast and telling us how vicious tapirs are. So that was definitely something that I wasn't expecting. And if I ever meet a tapir, then I'll definitely approach them with caution. <laughs> and how to subdue a tapir. <laughs> yeah. What was it called again? So they love a back rub. Yeah. I imagine, like, you know, when you scratch the back of cats and they're like, oh, this is very good. If you did that to a tapir, they suddenly just like tickling off their side. Tickling. Tickling a tapir. <laughs> Tip, tips and tricks for difficult animals in the wild. I am the definitely diversifying. It's like with sharks when you turn them upside down, they just go completely mobile. I think he called it the scratch down technique. I think it's like a way of handling <laughs> yeah. the tapir. Yeah. Well, Bethany, what about you? Any highs that you can remember from 2022? I think um, for me, the whole year has just been really exciting. We've just had so many CT installs and going into a practice that have got zero experience, never been around CT, and then walking away after the applications training and seeing how they progress and the difference it makes to the diagnosing of the um, for the patients and the treatment plans that we get. It's just all of it's been absolutely amazing. It's just been a year full of highs. Very busy, but very exciting. Um, my favourite podcast has to be with Ian Elliott, though, and just listening talk to MR and all of his experience with the zoo animals. It was just, that was probably my favourite podcast. No, that was definitely yeah. an exciting one. Um, another moment I know we can't forget is this year we've really seen an exponential rise in nurses, you know, taking on those extra skills and really making a breakthrough in ultrasound and, you know, realizing they have so much they can offer in practice and that's been really exciting the same in ct as well they always tend to divide the super user team like equally three vets three nurses but the nurses are the one that run the ct scanner and i think it gives them such such a boost because they know that they can run it and they're in control and it's just fantastic to see that progression exactly empowerment to the nurses woohoo it's been actually quite surprising how popular the courses have been. Not because I thought that they wouldn't be popular, but um, from my experience of practice, um, the vets are usually not particularly confident. So that leads to a general lack of confidence across the whole practice. But the nurses have been so like, yes, let's get in this. Let's learn this. And I think that's maybe driven by with there being a, a lack of vets and nurses, to be fair, in the profession, um, practices are learning to use their nurses better for what they can do. And that's great for them. I think some of the best breakthrough moments teaching wise this year for me have actually been teaching the nurses. It's been super enjoyable, um, especially uh, me and Harriet have been doing the nurse training this year um, when we make models out of agar. Um, and then we hide things in the agar and then the nurses um, are scanning them and trying to see what they think it is based on kind of problem solving. So measuring the structure and looking at the texture and whether it reflects or absorbs and all that kind of stuff. Um, it's just been super fun because they absolutely love it. 
I mean, a step on from that, which what we did at the Vets Now Congress is getting nurses to do ultrasound guided um, intravenous catheters. So that is definitely a next step of next year. We'll be including that in our models and getting the student nurses and the nurses on our courses to guide those catheters into balloons somewhere deep within an agar block. That is super cool. What about you, Harriet? What's been your favourite moment of the year? There's been a lot. So there's been a lot with teaching and when the, th- the three of us, so myself, Sam and Amy, headed out to Gambia uh, to aid with the Gambian Horse and Donkey Trust. That was really good fun. Just seeing the different types of kind of diseases and wounds, pathology that you, you get out in Africa, which are very different um, to what we typically see in the UK. And it was also nice to uh, get back to clinical. So although uh, our day-to-day job, we do a lot of teaching, we do a lot of content creation, we don't get to do, you know, hands-on clinical work, whereas this definitely is that. A massive kudos to uh, Emily, who's out there. She is a fantastic vet nurse and she just, everything that she does for the Gambian Horse and Dog Trust is fantastic. And she's battling away every, every day. So yeah, she's a huge inspiration to anybody going into charity work. Yeah, two of my friends from practice are actually out there at the moment, uh, having a wonderful time, but they've currently got no running water in the house, so they're showering outside with a hose pipe. Oh, at least the temperature's warmer. <laughs> yeah, to be honest, it would be a blessed relief. <laughs> so yeah, I think um, I think Gambia was definitely a high for the year for me, just seeing the way that we could help the sort of welfare of the local animals and being able to help in the sort of neutering programs for population control. So just as you said, Harry, it was great to get back into clinical practice out there, but sort of working with the the, the lovely staff, um, everyone out there works really hard in often very difficult conditions. And it, it was nice to just be able to kind of help and, and just, yeah, and get back into the kind of the, the practical nitty gritty of veterinary medicine. Yeah, if anyone ever worries about forgetting your practical skills, if you ever feel like you need a, you're going on a career break or on maternity or diversifying, you don't forget. Because all me, Sam and Harriet have been out and in a practice for various amounts of time. Um, and yeah, you don't forget. It stays with you. It's just using those day one skills, isn't it? And you just put them, they all just come flooding back when you're when you're presented with, with the cases. And it was, no, it was really good fun. Really good fun. My my favourite laugh of the year, they they come from Gambia. My funniest moment is um, Sam's wound finger. <laughs> For context, well, you've got to, you've got to see where the wound is. I'm about to explain. <laughs> so he was seeing a particularly difficult case in a horse out in the sandbell that had a non-healing granuloma on the on the lateral abdomen. Um, and we've got some pictures of Sam kind of demonstrating to the staff the approach to wound management. And we've got a picture of Sam with his entire index finger sort of within this wound. And it's just became this kind of wound finger. <laughs> it just grew legs and ran away with it, with itself. Um, yeah, my, my funniest moment of the year. I think um, if you're talking about sort of funny moments of the year I think mine was um, well we do a lot of CPD courses and we go to to the different venues to sort of run them and we had one going on with a sort of specialist at a venue and it came time to do the presentation and I needed to put the lights down and I was just presented with this massive bank of buttons at the side of the room with none of which were 
world. And so it's complete guesswork to guess what any of them do or how they do it. And within about five seconds, I'd managed to sort of implement some kind of like automated disco mode, um, whereby um, the sort of there was various flashing colored lights and everything else. And could I get the thing to turn off? Didn't seem to matter which button I then pressed. Like they just were still going on. And there was a moment where I thought that um, our poor specialist is going to have to do the entire talk on echocardiography um, to sort of this uh, sort of background of disco uh, disco lights um, for the rest of the day. Um, so I think that was probably one of my um, sort of funny moments. Or, or you could count as a kind of a festive fail, I suppose. Do you know, just to make you feel better, I was back at that venue last week and the same thing happened Uh, to me. And I had to go and get help (laughs) (laughs) because I couldn't turn them off. And the person who came to help me just pressed the same buttons I'd been pressing and disco mode was turned off. So, but the best part is um, Sam, Sam, I would describe as our kind of most techie, IT, kind of competent with buttons guy. So it couldn't have been better that Sam activated disco mode and then couldn't fix it. <laughs> Talking about disco, I, I remember coming on from the ophthalmology podcast we did in September. Um, my imaging fact of the year um, is that scallops have 200 eyes. Each eye has two retinas, and they did a, a research project, I think it was in the North Sea, and they were trying to catch lobsters and crabs by putting disco lights down into the depths of the ocean, but all they ended up with was lots and lots of scallops. So apparently, <laughs> scallops are all there for the disco. Scallops love a rave. <laughs> we don't need to go trawling, we just need to invite them to a rave. Well, seeing as uh, two of us in Scotland, I always hope that one day I'll be like driving along the east coast or something and i'll just see the sea like lighting up different colors as people are scallop fishing so your fact raises two questions for me first of all what the hell are scallops looking at to have so many eyes second of all that may explain why they're meant to be so tasty and tender because they're basically eyeballs and neurological tissue both of which are known to be really tasty I, I, <laughs> I just I feel like you, you're coming onto some kind of bush tucker trial here where they eat like oh, sheep God. eyes <laughs> and cow anus what was our favorite conference who attended what well you started off Amy how was how was BCVA well um this is the first time I've ever gone to any conference ever and I absolutely loved it. It was it was wicked. Um, certainly, I I did reckon that the the farm vet population were probably going to party hard, and I was not wrong. So that was a lot of fun. Um, but there were so many interesting conversations had. So super rewarding from the fact that everybody loves our kit. Very cool. Everyone comes up and says, "What you do is amazing. Your kit's great. I've got an easy scan go. It's the coolest thing I've ever had." Um, people come up with sort of questions about what's coming up, what we're developing next. Um, and a really big talking point was the Colorflow Doppler project, which we are releasing at the moment, um, which is where we've actually put Colorflow Doppler on the easy scan. So lots of questions about that, how it's going, what people would use it for, how they would use it. Um, and I just really, really enjoyed the engagement Um and yeah, seeing so many young vets and students actually 
coming and um, seeming to really, really enjoy their work and enjoying life. So that was cool. And also um, Farm Animal um, Association of Veterinary Students, FAVS, that was uh, that was super cool, super cool too. So IMV supported that with uh, some ultrasound scanners. We gave them three easy scan goes and some wireless bugs and went to go run a reproductive practical for them, which was wonderful. And they loved our posters and all in all, a good time. No, that sounds fantastic. Apologies if you can just hear a vibration in the background. My cat has decided to just join me on the podcast. No, that sounds, the FAVS Congress sounds absolutely perfect. It's always great getting the students to have that hands-on experience. Leading on to that, I think it was the luckiest of them all and got to go to two congresses this year. I went to ECVDI, which is the European um, Veterinary Diagnostic Imaging Congress, um, which was great to see all the poster abstracts and the upcoming research from the different universities and institutes. And it was also fantastic to see some very good lectures. Uh, I also went to Vets Now, which was brilliant to see how emergency and critical care is progressing so much and helped out with the practicals there so we did two sets of practicals with nurses and vets and as I've already mentioned uh, we were looking at ultrasound guided IV catheter placement which was really good and this is definitely something nurses can do and we've all had those cases where we really struggled to get catheters in and when you can visualize it on ultrasound it makes it 10 times easier. Well, how cool is it that the new V-Scan Air has a good enough resolution with the linear probe that you can use it for that and the Doppler is good enough that you can do that? Oh, absolutely. It makes such a difference because you can just clearly see the outside of the vein. You can guide your needle in and, and done. No more, you know, sticky in, redirecting, hoping if you get blood, but the blood pressure is so low, you know, you can just get it in first time. And if you've ever been in hospital yourself and had somebody try and place a cannula, you know that it's actually remarkably painful. So if we're doing repeated stabs on an animal because we can't find it, I think animals cope with it remarkably well. But it's nice to be able to avoid that situation, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So has anybody got any particular goals for 2023? I think um, the goal the, the goal for me in CT is just to continue getting as many systems as we can in everyone well trained um in that but I want to try and spend some more time doing CT anatomy which I think would really help um and just keep doing getting improving every time I do an apps I think that's probably my goals for next year and Bethy have you seen any interesting cases whilst you've been on CT this year um, lots of interesting cases. Um, I had my first contrast reaction actually uh, last week, which I've never seen in clinical practice. So that was um, that was interesting to see. Obviously, in the human world, we have quite a lot of contrast reactions, uh, but in veterinary, I'd never really seen one. Um, but yeah, lots and lots of interesting cases. Um, I'm trying to think of one now. Oh, I remember you had your CT um, guided uh, needle biopsy. Yes, that was really exciting. That was really good. And that was just a snippet of where the development of CT is going in veterinary practice. Obviously, we're always a few years behind human medicine. So hopefully we're going to expand that and we can be doing liver biopsies as well as lung biopsies. And then we can start looking at some cardiac scanning. So CT has no limits. It is fantastic. So it's only going to be getting more and more interesting. I know. And I remember one particular uh, case we did together, actually, and there was a lesion even um, in the spinal cord and then They'd already scanned, but not taking a sample of a lesion in its spleen. And it was after that that I did the journal club on hemangiosarcoma in the central nervous system. And uh, Ah, knowing that 
um, the central nervous system is one of the most common sites for hemangiosarcoma to uh, metastasize to. Yeah. I just assumed it would go somewhere really vascular. So liver, heart, lungs. The brain is a very vascular place. It's got multiple, <laughs> multiple capillaries and uh, a cere- a, a, mm. an extensive cerebrovascular network. <laughs> FYI. <laughs> Thanks. I'll remember that. <laughs> so I think one of the things I'm, I'm looking forward to next year is is just continuing to roll out our online educational materials. So if people are listening to the podcast and don't know or haven't seen, we've we launched a completely new CPD system this year, um, whereby you can get a, a lot of our CPD courses can be booked online via a new system. But as part of that, we launched the first of our online courses um, based around kind of um, teaching people uh, the sort of the fundamentals of, of abdominal ultrasonography. And we're hoping to kind of expand those kind of materials and those courses next year. So it's been a lot of fun kind of making the material. It's great to have all everything brought together, videos, quizzes, animations, interactions that people can do. And, and certainly we feel so far we're seeing the kind of benefit of people who have kind of learning through that, that way. It's a lot more engaging and kind of fun so it's it's nice to sort of look forward to making more of that material and and just sort of seeing more of the um kind of teaching that sort of we can allow people more kind of access to as well so it's going to be exciting do you know it has been so rewarding and I, I totally get you on this sam is because we're we're changing how we're doing it to make it more blended and we've got a theory component that people can take in their own time and the comfort of their own homes take as long as they want and have access to it ongoing for a period of time the feedback that we've had about that way of doing things has just been phenomenal and people are really enjoying it and it means that our teaching days are so much more focused on just practical that the learning outcomes are achieved so much better and it's so cool to be involved in such a big project get to the other side of it and actually see that it's working really really well so I'm the same I I can't wait to keep getting our courses ready to go um, next year and and harvesting the feedback and seeing that it's it's making people's learning outcomes better and better which is really cool. I'm looking forward to seeing, now that we're doing nurse courses, looking forward to seeing the um, effect in practice of the nurses doing the training. So I think what we're going to see when we go into practices ourselves and do in-practice training or get involved with people who've got nurses in their practice who've done our courses, it's going to be really good to hear how that has influenced the practice dynamic and made the workflow better, made ECC better, made triage better, made ward rounds better. I think that's going to be incredibly rewarding next year. Uh, I was going to say, what is your best Christmas themed imaging story? Yeah. Yeah, I think um, we scanned a dog who had eaten tinsel and on the CT it came up really, really bright. Um, and it, it, obviously the, 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 the dog is fine, but yeah, he'd eaten some tinsel. I think it was a Labrador, obviously. Um, but no, the CT was really good. It caused a lot of artifact, but we could see where it was and we could see how far it travelled through the system. So that, that's probably the most festive themed case I've done yeah the, the cool tinsel. thing about that image was that it looked like tinsel 
um, it exactly imaged just as you would expect tinsel to image. I was like, yeah, you can't really mistake what that is. I've got a very similar tinsel story. It isn't actually a case um, because thankfully she never needed to be admitted. Uh, But my cat, when she was a kitten, had a habit of eating the tinsel when I was a vet student and would have very festive poops out the other end. (laughs) Merry Christmas, Mum. This is for you. (laughs) Who doesn't love a festive turd? She just wanted to get involved. Even the poo is Christmas decorated. But obviously, I do not encourage anybody feeding their cat tinsel to um, have that experience. No, absolutely not. I'm just so mad about animals. Sorry, the way way you said that, Harry, it was hilarious. I don't (laughs) encourage anybody who's feeding their cat tinsel to have that experience. That sort of sounds like you're sort of saying, well, feeding the tinsel is okay, as long as you don't have to deal with the (laughs) the defecation. It goes in, it's got to come out. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So yeah. So if you go to see Tinsel, <laughs> do you know what I just I find so mad about animals is you're like I am providing you with a very tasty, nutritionally balanced alternative source of food. So why have you eaten tinsel and rocks and stones and socks? I don't oh, understand. No. How does that? Taste I mean, good? those are the fewer things you get at Christmas. So usually it's mince pies, chocolate. Um, Advent calendars. Yeah, the fruitcake, like everything mm. else. It's just apple morphine central, isn't it? Um, I once had a, a Labrador that eaten a bauble hole. I've I've had a, a Christmas decoration eaten. Like it was a little metal. Um, That's impressive. It was a little metal bird. And the x-ray, you could see the bird because as you would expect, um, very nicely. And But it was luckily, it was very, it was very That's small. Really? So I think it passed. My greyhound, when I was a kid, once did a drive-by turkey theft <laughs> on Christmas Day. <laughs> you just see it in my head. Have you got any goals for next year, Harriet? Um, well, just keep promoting nurse courses. That's that's my main goal, just to give nurses as, as much empowerment as possible. Um, I think we've got quite an exciting year on the 3D front. There's some MRI installs going ahead, which will be really interesting. And just keep going with the LMS, keep promoting wireless scannings. I think, yeah, 2023 is going to be a very, very good year. No, it will be. 2023 has got nothing but exciting stuff to come. We're only going to get better, more people, more trainees. It's going to be really exciting. I'm beyond excited for the MR installation, especially because we're going to have a G specialist with us. So I think we're going to learn so much from them, which is going to be amazing. I've got a couple of cool imaging things I learned on courses this year that I quite like. They're just little, little cool facts um, that if you are scanning a cat's adrenals, you can get both of them on the same screen quite happily on the same view, which is quite nice. If you're scanning a cat and dorsal, that would be quite a nice thing to do. Um, and the other one that I quite enjoyed was if you're scanning the hepatic portal vein, all the blood using Doppler, all the blood should be moving away from you into the hepatic portal vein and traveling cranially. But if you have a shunting situation, cool. you will see blood traveling towards the probe. If you see that, I thought that was quite cool. Why do CT machines make poor comedians? I don't know why the CT machines make poor comedians. Because they've 
they're just big fours. Did you literally just come up with that? Might have done, yeah. You are wasted in veterinary medicine. <laughs> yeah, you are. I don't know why you're not on stand-up. So I was wondering, from a, uh, a geeky point of view, what everybody's favourite body part is to scan and why. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. I I think it's probably in favourite, talking about something that isn't too necessarily too rare or different. It's just, I, I always think the kidneys are good to scan because they're superficial enough, you can usually get a better resolution. I'm talking about an ultrasound here, um, with the resolution that um, you can see the different parts. And they always, you can see that's a difference, the kind of cortical medullary contrast. And it's always sort of a nice organ where you can sort of you see the different parts of the anatomy um, well with ultrasound. And ultrasound is sort of ideal for looking at the kind of organ structure. I think um, my favorite, is also my least favourite, so it goes hand in hand, um, which is the pancreas, because it's either really easy to spot on CT, highlights lovely in portal venous, um, or it hides, and I find it sometimes the most difficult to find, but I love it when I'm, I'm looking through my axial slices and I find it, I, fi- I feel a great sense of accomplishment every time I find a patient's pancreas. Um, so yeah, and I um I really enjoy uh, trying to look for non CT scans. It's really it's good fun. I love that CT is mirroring ultrasound in this way because the pancreas is heroically unrewarding to scan in a lot of normal animals. So that's quite that's quite interesting. Uh, my favourite part of the animal to scan is what I refer to as the intestinal loop of hopes and dreams otherwise known as the duodenum because it takes you to some good places takes you to the right limb of the pancreas takes you to the pylorus takes you to the body of the pancreas it's just a really nice satisfying piece of gut to scan and be able to confidently identify so it makes me quite happy fair enough i think mine is probably the aorta mostly because when you're tracking up the aorta with ultrasound there are lots of things that you can find off it, be it the uh, medial iliac lymph nodes or the adrenal glands. And it's just, I find it very satisfying following an anechoic tube up the abdomen. Well, it's surely been a great year of podcasts and everything else that's happened to IMV Imaging this year. And of course, we'll be back in January, kicking off the new year with another one. Until then, I'd just like to thank you all for joining me each month and wish all our listeners a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. So it's a goodbye from all of us. Goodbye. Goodbye.